From Vermont Digger, I'm Mike Dougherty. This is The Deeper Dig. Actually, we can go up and around. It was a very cold day, so you didn't actually see you know, the landfill. By the way, this is our drop-off, residential drop-off. It almost looked like from a distance, like a hill covered in snow, except there were no trees, which is sort of odd for a, a hill in Vermont. So that's an intermediate liner. You can't see, it's all snowy. The landfill's 78 acres now, and there's this 51-acre expansion, so it's a pretty... It's a pretty sizable area, and it feels a little bit like, especially because well, we visited on such a, a cold, snowy day, it felt a little bit almost like a lunar <laughs> landscape. This is our truck sprayer I was mentioning to you. To spray the, the odiferous materials on the way out. See, it's just a spray bar with an eye, so the truck will drive underneath of it, it automatically turns on and sprays mm-hmm. down. You have, you know, trucks kind of constantly coming in and out. Roughly 70% of the state's waste goes there, um, and the landfill also takes about 25% of what's coming in is from out of state. I think in 2017 there was it was around 506,000 tons of material trucked in, so that's that's a lot of trash coming in. There's the active working area, so the tip they'll tip here, they'll push to our active working area, and you can see our compactor running. Um, so they're constantly taking material. You can see here there's some piles ready to go, so as soon as the tipper tips, this big D8 dozer will take that waste and push it to the active area. And as we got closer, most of it is covered up. You know, there's a small sort of working area where you can see these you know, pretty big trucks coming in and, and dumping out material. And they put dirt and other material to cover it, you know, every night to kind of keep down odor and any, you know, garbage flying away or anything. Got it. So when we talk about an open landfill, only a small portion of it is kind of open to the air at any given time. Yeah, right. But the rest of that area is just kind of like a covered pile of waste. Yes, right. Got it. Elizabeth Gribkoff is VT Digger's environmental reporter. And for the past year, she's been reporting on Casella, the regional waste management company that operates Vermont's only open landfill. Next week, Casella is taking one of the final steps towards state approval to expand that landfill by about 40%. But a growing number of local opponents are working to stop the project. The first meeting I went to was in June. So it was up in Coventry, held at their community center. And that was held by staff from the state's Department of Environmental Conservation because Casella had applied for it's called a solid waste certificate. You know, they basically have to had to submit this lengthy application to the state, and then you know, state um, employees reviewed it and make sure that they're complying with the state's solid waste rules. And as part of that, they had to hold a public hearing in the town where the landfill is. What did you find out then? Like, what did you find out was the scope of the project that they were looking at? Well, I think I found out the meeting that it was 51 acres, which is you know a pretty fairly substantial expansion since it's 78 acres now, and also. You know, it wasn't a, a packed meeting, but there were definitely some residents there. Um, you know, some people were expressing some concern over odors coming off the landfill, you know, over potential impact to waterways and to sort of the aesthetics of that area, of, you know, with the landfill growing in size. Um, you know, you had, had some other people saying that they were kind of supportive of the landfill and, you know, provided some money to the town of Coventry. So then you went to another public meeting in the fall. Tell me about that. I did. So that one um, was actually hosted by this group called DUMP, which stands for Don't Undermine Mem from Agog's Purity. We, we, we were just eight people who met just six weeks ago. And the word is spread, and uh, we now have a lot of friends on the, on the mailing list. We don't have any budget. 
but uh, we have passion. You know, some residents who kind of oppose the landfill, you know, banded together and, and formed this group to try to learn more about it, you know, see if, if they had a way to block the expansion. Um, so this meeting Dump had hosted in Newport, it was very well attended. Like there were over 100 people at this meeting. Wow. Um, and there were some state officials. Um, there was a woman from Conservation Law Foundation. And they were one of the members of Dump was also sitting on this panel. Charlie Pronto is a resident of Newport, lifelong. He was a former mayor. We want to preserve our environment and our lake for our children, our grandchildren, our neighbors, because it's the right thing to do. We and, you know, people in the audience had, had time to kind of ask questions. And I would say overall the tone was people not particularly happy about the expansion. This opposition group, what kinds of things were they arguing for in terms of why this project should be stopped? I think their b- biggest concern is kind of a lack of local control. I think that there was some frustration that I heard from people who live near the landfill um, with the state and basically kind of saying, you know, how is it that we only have one open landfill and, you know, why is it located in our backyard in the Northeast Kingdom, which is a relatively, you know, it's not in the central part of the state. There's not a lot of people who live around there who are generating tons of trash. So they're, you know, they're kind of frustrated with having all this trash trucked up to them. That was definitely, and kind of frustration that the state couldn't somehow regulate that more or or require, you know, more regional landfills. Thank you. I'm Tom Stelter. I'm from Irisburg. It was never the intention to make one state landfill. We don't need to be the state though. The state at any time can provide a number of incentives, a number of consequences for the towns bringing trash up here. I mean, it's just crazy for us to be the state dump. And it's crazy to think that we're powerless. I think they have a variety of reasons they oppose it. You know, some people were concerned about odors coming off it. A big concern is that, um, you know, landfills, when you have rainwater and snow melt kind of go through them, they produce what's called leachate. Um, you know, it's it contains a lot of fairly toxic chemicals. Um, you know, Casella collects all the leachate and then has it treated at wastewater treatment plants, but they were concerned that, you know, could the landfill liner leak? They all, they all leak eventually. Mm-hmm. So our problem is, is we, we, we don't, we just want this to stop. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to ruin our lake, and when this lake is dead, and you can take a look at it, when this lake's dead, what do we got here? This landfill's right by Lake Memphremagog, um, which is, you know, a big international lake that provides drinking water for Canadians. They're sort of concerned about, you know, impact, impacts to the lake, whether the Newport wastewater treatment plant and other treatment plants that treat leachate can adequately remove all of those toxic chemicals like PFAS. So I think they just felt like there's some, some unknown questions and, you know, they're worried about way down the line, hundreds of years from now, are those liners still going to be, you know, left intact um, or could there be some kind of environmental damage from it? In order to kind of assess how the landfill itself operates, you went there, 
and met with Casella. Tell me about what you saw up there. Yeah, so when I met with Casella up at the Coventry Landfill, I spoke with Jeremy Lab, who's the landfill manager, um, and then also Joe Fusco, who's uh, vice president at Casella. Um, and, you know, Jeremy really went over how the Casella has a, a double-lined system um, to really prevent leaks. So he kind of described how that works and how they collect leachate. Essentially here you have two bathtubs. Mm-hmm. One bathtub contained inside the other bathtub. Those areas that look like compacted soil are actually probably six to seven feet thick. This technology is well known. It's used throughout the country. You know, and I've, I keep hearing this, uh, these things about all landfill liners leak, right? And, and when they first started putting these plastics down, they didn't have the QCQA testing and the... Uh, this was new technology, right? So back in the late 80s, there was potential for these things to happen because everybody was trying to develop this technology. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Today, this is done in 50 states in the nation. It's done multiple times a year because everybody's building these as you need the space. The QCQA testing is sound. The materials are pre-tested before being delivered to site. I mean, what's their response to this local opposition? Have they acknowledged it? What do they say about it? Yes, they definitely acknowledged it. I remember talking with Joe Fusco, you know, previously about it for a story, and he was kind of saying it's like they, you know, you almost expect some opposition to landfills, right? I mean, no one necessarily wants this right by them, um, but he was saying, you know, almost that that's more of an emotional response, whereas I think they really focus on, you know, we're complying with state laws, we have all these redundant systems in place to to prevent leaks and to collect leachate and so their response is that you know this is a really a safe highly engineered you know modern landfill landfills are deliberately engineered redundant systems two three times or more of a system so you would find out if something if something were to catastrophically happen to that liner under the garbage you'd find out about it immediately in the next in the first redundant system. That's right. And then the second, so you would, to, to, to get through three redundant systems would almost be uh, a complete human and engineering failure. Uh, and you never want to say impossible, but if there's a word that describes next to impossible, that would be the word <laughs> that we would use. Why only have one landfill in the state? If the opponents are saying, we want to go back to regional landfills, having a bunch of little ones all over the state, why does Casella say, we shouldn't do that. I think a lot of it's just economy of scale. Like it, even just the permitting for these landfills is, I mean, their application was like over a thousand pages. You know, it's it's extremely technical. Um, and also just, I think with all the, the new laws that the state has in place that led to the closing of a lot of those smaller online landfills that Vermont used to have, it, it costs a lot of money to, to build and to design these things. And I think yeah, from an economic standpoint, I think it makes more sense to have that, that all in one place rather than me trying to build and design and permit, you know, little ones. And, and it's a needed site. I mean, each of us generate about three pounds of trash a day. Despite, you know, Vermont's, Vermonters being one of the most ardent recycling states in the country. You know, people are like, oh, we're not doing enough. And I'm like, we are doing, we could do more. Absolutely. We should be trying to do more every single day. But we have to give ourselves a little bit of a pat on the back that we are one of the, the highest recycling rate states in the country. Uh, we're doing a pretty decent job uh, at pushing recycling and, and other material diversions. So, I don't think it's an either-or thing either because a landfill and a recycling system, they're all part of a larger infrastructure mm-hmm. for managing public health and safety. So mm-hmm. you can be the best recycling culture in the world. Mm-hmm. You'll still need, um, to some degree, you'll still need 
a modern scientific disposal option that perhaps uh, the era we're living in is where landfills are a bridge to the future. I think we'd all kind of envision a future where there's no such thing as waste, that every resource that we use has a, a life cycle that just continues on and on. We're not there yet. So landfills are kind of the bridge to that, that future of, of zero waste. State officials said, you know, at the, at the meeting I went to, because that was a question that people from Dump and other residents were asking, is like, yeah, why, you know, why do we only have this one? And, and they were saying they don't really have the authority to make Casella or other entities, you know, put regional landfills in. Um, they just have the authority to kind of regulate what they propose. Hmm. Yeah. See, people throw that question out that you did all the time. What should the state do with the trash? Mm-hmm. Burlington should find their own solution to their trash. Montpelier should find their own solution to their trash. There's all kinds of regional areas that should treat their own trash. It's not, and we shouldn't be burdened with finding that answer for them. We have a landfill that we'll continue to use as a regional landfill or facility in one way or the other. And it's it's really that it, it's a really unfair question that they, that you know an ANR and all those people will throw that back. Well, what are we going to do about it? You know, I it's it's it it's an it's an unjust scenario that we're dealing with up here. Well, I guess, yeah, more like big picture. What is the relationship between the state and Casella? And, you know, what's the state's role in this expansion proposal been like so far? I think that their role, which, you know, they've been very clear about, is it's kind of reviewing what Casella proposes and or, you know, hypothetically any anyone else who wanted to build a landfill proposes and make sure that it complies with all the state's environmental regulations, but they don't have the authority to say, oh, no, we actually want you to put a landfill over here, or no, we want you to be building multiple landfills. But when you say, you know, theoretically, if someone else wanted to build one, that's theoretical because Casella is kind of the only game in town, right? Yes. (laughs) I mean, so how does that affect the conversation around this whole process? Well, I think, I mean, yeah, I think some of the opponents have have pointed that out and, you know, worried a little bit, like, is there is there too cozy a relationship or does, does Casal have too much power because they're really, you know, they're really the only landfill option in Vermont, right? So in a way, it's like the state or whoever doesn't, obviously probably doesn't want them to get shut down. I mean, I, th- I think also they've, you know, they still have to comply with, of course, all the state laws, but it's, it is kind of a, a little bit of a complicated issue, I think. So, you know, I mean, the state has done some testing, and that testing is readily available of the leachate uh, and going into the wastewater plants and the wastewater plants. Mm-hmm. And and at this current point in time, their agreement is that everything is safe, right? And we want to lean on that information and that science. Uh, and they're going to continue to do further testing. And in fact, they had set limits, proposed limits on what leachate PFOS compounds should be maximum before pretreat. You know, there's, there's hundreds of these PFOS compounds. There's five that are of concern. That's the other thing. There's five that are a potential health issue, right, that they've put that drinking water limit on. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, from my understanding of it, I think it seems like the science isn't quite out and that these other chemicals could also it's possible. be of concern. Right, you're right. You're right. right. There, yes, there's the five. So, but we, we can't run off the possible until we know, sure. right? You can't run off the, you know, maybe helium is bad for us or whatever because, we, we, you know, as we discover these things, that's, and we want to push, push, and push and discover as much as we can as fast as we can. 
But you know, laboratories need to develop the testing techniques, and and technology manufacturers need to develop the treatment techniques. And this takes time, right? And you don't want to throw something out there that's half baked, and not done well, and works maybe a year or doesn't work well. You know, we want to do it right. Um, in the meantime, whatever the ANR wants to do in terms of testing and assuring public health, sure. then that's what we're on board with. Tell me about where we are in the process of Gisela actually getting approval from the state to actually carry this project out. I think it was late summer, early fall, so the state had been reviewing for a while. I think Gisela had applied in 2017 for the expansion. So anyway, the state approved Casella's, it's called a solid waste certification. So that's really the Agency of Natural Resources kind of giving its approval. And then, meanwhile, Casella had also been applying for an Act 250 permit amendment. I think one way to think of it, because I've been sort of grappling with this (laughs) myself and trying to understand, you know, the various permits and different approval processes, is the Agency of Natural Resources component is very specific to all these environmental regulations and solid waste rules, whereas Act 250 more broadly looks at the impact of development. And, you do, you know, environmental impact is certainly part of that, but, you you know, you also have impact to surrounding landowners and, you know, aesthetic and things like that. So it's, it's sort of this bigger, almost like a bigger picture look at the impact of the expansion. That's interesting. And so it seems a little bit harder to measure, too like measure compliance. Are the things that the opponents have been saying and focusing on, the stuff about leachate and how it could travel into waterways, air quality concerns, things like that, are those things going to be a part of the conversation in the Act 250 process? Or is it looking at other aspects of the project? I think that definitely will. Um, The commissioner's earlier this month had sent a memo to, um, to all the parties and everyone on the Act 250 list. And they'd ask Casella to provide them with a bit more information about leachate treatment and, you know, what options are available, whether municipal wastewater treatment plants can really adequately handle um, treating leachate. And then they also actually asked some of the Canadian participants to the process um, if they could provide some information about how their drinking water standards might differ from Vermont, because something that they've expressed is, you know, we use Lake Memphremagog for drinking water, so, you know, we don't want you guys treating and putting leachate in there. So the commission was wondering, okay, are, you know, are your standards actually different? Like, could we, could doing this be impacting that? Um, so I think based off of that, I think certainly that will come up in the conversation. Could you lay out kind of what the paths forward might be after this hearing? Like, what are the options? Right. So the commissioners could, you know, ask Casella to provide some more information or, you know, they could have further questions, I believe, maybe for other parties as well. And and then I think I think fairly shortly though after the hearing adjourns they kind of have to make a decision as to whether or not to grant the permit. Is there any sort of middle ground? Like, is there any outcome where the state kind of approves the landfill but also implements some kind of new testing requirements or you know some other measures uh, that these opponents are also pushing for? I th- I think something that could happen though. To be honest, I'm not, exa- I'm not 100% sure if Act 250 commissioners have the authority to do this, but something that's been brought up is whether um, Casella could do some pre-treatment of leachate. So rather than collecting this leachate and sending it you know, directly to these wastewater treatment plants, Newport and Montpelier being the ones that take the most of it, if they could kind of pre-treat it you know, on, on site and 
really with an aim of getting things like those PFAS chemicals out of that before it, it goes to these wastewater treatment plants. Um, so that, that, that might be something that could happen. But it seems like it's probably going to be like an all or nothing kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, in a sense, it's like it's either going to expand or not expand. You know, maybe there'll be some could be additional protective measures put in place. But I think in terms of I think for the opponents of it who who really don't want any kind of expansion, that's either. Yeah, it's going to be an all or nothing thing. Gotcha. We want the state to immediately begin looking for alternative sites and options for future trash. We are okay with dealing with our own trash in our own backyard, but we do not want to continue to be the dumping grounds for all of Vermont and most of New England. So we're talking about this really specific site up in the Northeast Kingdom. What's the broader significance of this whole battle? Well, I think I think it does raise some interesting questions about Vermont's been doing a pretty good job with you know recycling. We have mandatory composting coming out in 2020, so we're as a state, you know, we're kind of. I think on the path to reducing the amount of total waste that goes to landfills, but we still all generate trash that has to go somewhere. And I think for a lot of us, especially for those of us who have, you know, the trucks come and, and take our trash or recycling, you know, we don't, we don't think a lot about where it goes. And, you know, I think for me reporting on this, it brought light to the fact that it does all go somewhere and, you know, it is in someone's backyard. And I think I've heard some of the opponents say, you know, there's, there's a reason why this is in the Northeast Kingdom and not, you know, near Montpelier or Burlington, right? Because I think in general, things like landfills get cited or don't get shut down in poorer areas. And so that that's sort of been an undertone of this conversation as well. It's got you thinking differently about your trash. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks. <laughs> You can learn more about the Coventry Landfill, including full coverage of next week's Act 250 hearing at vtdigger.org. The Deeper Dig is our weekly podcast. Search for it and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, tell a friend or colleague to check it out. This week, we used footage from NEKTV and music by Blue Dot Sessions. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger Newsroom. Have a nice weekend.